show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, blue ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Let's get it going. It's already it's already rolling. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Hot right now. I should have been a beatboxer. I think I decided. <laughs> Career change. Right now. Right now. I'm gonna quit the podcast and do something <laughs> with my life. <laughs> start start beatboxing. Beatboxing. So I'm gonna cut the checks, <laughs> pay the bills. <laughs> What's your DJ name? DJ Easy Beats. <laughs> Easy Beats. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll allow it <laughs> thanks welcome back to wtm watch this movie movies <laughs> jokes all day <laughs> uh i am your host eric Mulder. eric he is a bad bad man back in the hizzy is mr alex the bicep jones yeah yeah let him watch let him watch let him watch <laughs> Let them watch. We've been watching a lot of movies yep. lately. Shirtless. Let's get into film news first, and then we'll get into all the movies we've been watching. We're watching a lot of new ones. Let's dig in. First Kick. off, it's a special day at WTM, because last night, the rumor is Tarantino's next movie is involving Charles Manson murders, uh-huh. specifically Sharon Tate. Oh, uh, Yeah. Now, we don't know if it's part of like an anthology type movie or like a series of intertwining stories, kind of like Pulp Fiction. And that was just like one of the stories. But uh, rumor is he's trying to get Brad Pitt and Jennifer Lawrence in it. Although Jennifer Nor- Lawrence, not for Sharon Tate, for something else, is the rumor. Good. Um, Why well, you don't want to see her die? At eight months pregnant? No, it's kind of <laughs> like what we were talking about. Uh, I'm hoping it's more of like a backstory and the characters in the movie are fictionalized, kind of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's happening during the murders, maybe, but give me an unknown for Sharon Tate. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want a high-level person doing it. Oh, yeah. yeah? I guess it depends. I don't want Jennifer Lawrence, I'll say that, doing it. Have her do something else. I like her. I think she's good. I just, we'll see. I'll fucking watch it anyways, so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fucking Quentin you know. He could go over here and piss in my cereal <laughs> this morning. I'd still watch his movie. Yeah. He's the man. He can Although his hair wrong. is looking it's looking tough these days. His hair is <laughs> running away from the top of his head. He's doing the Vincent. Yeah, he's doing He's growing one. along, at least. Yeah, because it's all <laughs> gone up top. He's got the nice, he's got the, like, Bruce Willis Die Hard 1. No, he's got the... Uh, it's just longer. Do you remember Last Action Hero? Yeah. The bad guy in Last Action Hero has, like, a trench coat, yeah. trench coat on, uh-huh. and then he has this kind of, like, balding top, 
long hair. That's what I th- I, Tarantino's a little thicker though. This <laughs> is all scraggly. Look it's just thick. gray. <laughs> Tarantino's is just like kind of black and then a lot of gray because it's turning. He just got engaged too. Did he? He has uh, anybody had no? I think it's like a, no, it's like an Israeli model or something. No. So yeah, I know I had never heard of her. Real looker. I just got done reading. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> this is who he reminds me of. That's the bad guy from last. <laughs> <laughs> All listeners, just Google bad guy in last action hero. <laughs> Click images, and then that's that's Tarantino. He also made me spit up my Fosters. <laughs> we're doing we're drinking Fosters today. Oh yeah, uh, the oil cans Fosters, seven fifty milliliter can. After this, we're, we're going to be recording our Wake and Fright breakdown. So we're getting in the mood, drinking some Fosters because it's the only Australian beer available to us, at least in the surrounding area. Yeah. Older ass at the liquor store, and they said, that's all we got. <laughs> Oil cans in the back. <laughs> <laughs> They've been there for a while. <laughs> I think these are pretty fresh. And I must say, well, this is yeah, November 2017, so it's, today is July 12th. Yeah. So we got some time. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to finish probably all of them tonight, but... Have we ever named the the... WTM studio? No. I'm feeling like we should, just during the summer months, name it the Yava. <laughs> it is hot. It's hot. <laughs> I feel like during the summer, it's got to be the Yava. <laughs> the Yava Studios? Yeah. Boondin Yava Studios? Welcome back. Recording from the Yava Studios. <laughs> uh, people who don't know, Yava is a uh, it's a town in the uh, movie Wake and Fright, which we'll be doing, but... Yeah, it's out in the Australian outback, and it is hot there, and all they do is drink beer. Sounds about right, though. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really talk about movies, though. They just talk about drinking more. Right. Why you would ever want to talk to a female when you can sit around and drink. Hey, you want to say that again? Your mic was cutting out there. A little bit of a hot mic. Hot mic? Mm-hmm. Do me a favor. What? Can you unhook that right there on the bottom? See if you can hook it and put it back in. Yep. Yeah, click, click it, or tick it. Oh, I heard a click that time. Because it was holding on the button second time. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> so if you missed it, Google <laughs> bad guy in last action hero. And that's the look Quentin's going for. <laughs> <laughs> No, he just looks like an old Vincent, I think. No, he looks like he's about to fight Ar- Arnie. <laughs> he's about to throw a hatchet at him or an axe. He has yeah. an axe, right? Not a hatchet. I, I haven't. I, I don't know. Can't confirm or deny. <laughs> I did just get done reading the old uh, Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, book. Um, What's it called? Rebel Without a Crew? Okay. And how he um how he does everything by himself <laughs> for $7,000. Uh <laughs> and it is pretty funny in there because he talks about 
meeting old QT and um, fucking Dazed and Confused, dude. Richard Linklater. Linklater. Yep. Uh, and a handful of other directors before they were like big and shit like that. And it was pretty, mm. pretty all from like the Austin area, right? Or Texas, at least. Uh, well, Quentin isn't, but um, Richard Linklater is. He's from Texas mm. somewhere in there. I think he's from Rodriguez. Rodriguez is, is. Yep. Uh, the whole thing is essentially diary form. So he tried to keep a diary throughout like his time and stuff like that. Pretty good book. Pretty interesting. But yeah, it's kind of funny to hear him talking about like all these guys, him himself being big name people nowadays, but um, from like 93, just kind of breaking on the scene. So pretty good. Pretty good. In other film news, apparently it's. Still slightly a rumor, but it's pretty much confirmed that Daniel Craig is coming back for Bond 25, which will be his fifth installment and likely his last. I think he initially signed a five-year deal, but he famously said after Spectre... Um, he was done. Cause I, I think he, he might have torn an ACL, or he hurt himself on that um, set. Um, I can't remember what he did, but he's like, yeah, I'd rather slash my wrist than do another Bond movie. Yeah, I remember Because <laughs> it him. takes so much out of him. Yeah. Long shoots, a lot of, you know. He does pretty he? much most of his stunts. Uh, he's 49, I believe. I was going to say, he is, uh, him and Hugh Jackman, at a certain point, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're in fucking peak physical shape for these movies. And they're mm-hmm. always, you know, always got to have the shirtless shots of them and stuff. And they're fucking ripped. Good for them. But they're also like fifty. Like <laughs> Hugh Jackman's not. I don't think he's forty nine. He's like forty seven, maybe. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's past forty five. So it's like, I bet you it takes a fucking toll to just maintain like peak physical appearance for all these movies. It's like they might want to take just a little bit of a breather <laughs> in between them. That's probably why he signed on for Logan. He's like, I'll work out, but can I just like drink beer for like every night <laughs> just like relax a little bit yeah get a little gut going maybe <laughs> and now he's done he's wrapped up as a wolverine yeah see i'm fine with uh i mean i, I like daniel craig's bond so it'd be good to see him again yeah it'd be kind of nice to see uh christoph waltz come back as blofeld since mm-hmm. kind of like him to uh continue that storyline with blofeld kind of like the old ones some people were like, ah, Spectre is a little bit of a mishit. Ah, I, I disagree. Nah, I, I liked like it quite Spectre. a bit. Yeah, I like Spectre. And I really liked how they kind of brought back all the old. It was like an old school Bond movie mm-hmm. in 2016 yep. or 15, whatever it came out. But yeah, he's back. Back in the saddle. Another person back in the saddle, Shia LaBeouf is <laughs> off the wagon again. <laughs> off the wagon. <laughs> Back on the sauce. Oh, right now he's probably back on the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear he got arrested again over the weekend. Um, it was, I believe the official charges were like drunk and disorderly, you know, resisting arrest, that type of stuff. There's a TMZ has a lot of videos of, of the arrest, and it's a, a black officer and a white officer, and it's the white officer's body cam that is capturing everything, but. He doesn't hold back talking to these cops. He's like the biggest douchebag in this video, if you watch it. Yeah. Calling them dumb fucks, dumb bitches. He's bringing up race when it's not involved in the situation at all. And he's he trying down- to, like, prove how not racist he is by kind of proving that he's a little racist. <laughs> and 
was he filming? Uh, was he like directing a movie or was he in a movie? He's in a movie that's shooting gotcha. in Georgia. Okay. And that's where he got arrested. All right. Yeah, he looks like a dipshit <laughs> in the video. <laughs> he is back on the sauce hard. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently he went to rehab not long ago, but he got arrested at that protest thing for getting into a fight with a guy. He's been arrested before. He's, he's had a lot of problems with the uh, alcohol and. I don't know, maybe other drugs. I ego. Know, you know, for sure. I think but. the alcohol and the ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks he is just king shit, and I'm a big fan of his, some of his movies. Yeah, you and I have loved a lot of his the past films he's done over yeah. the past, like, five, six years. But fuck, as a, just a regular human being, it's like, oh, man, you are just struggling. <laughs> I really wish you could get it back on track. Yeah, he's threatening the cops, trying to, you know, what, what are you throwing a white man in the pen for, and like, to the black cop, and he's like... <laughs> I'm a. I asked you for a cigarette. How? Why would I be racist if I asked a black guy for a cigarette? He said, I asked you for a cigarette. <laughs> you said no. I said word, and then you arrested me. <laughs> Shut up. See, I'm the sure that's goes, what happened. I, I arrested you for being an even Stevens. <laughs> I was not a fan. <laughs> Transformers, though, dope. So good. So 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 good. <laughs> oh man yeah see he uh <laughs> he's probably gonna have to go to the old what's the uh what's the phrase um he's gonna have to talk to a friend of bill w's i guess yep. <laughs> <laughs> checking the old betty ford clinic or something yep but uh yeah <laughs> looking for uh bigger and brighter things from shia labeouf because it seems like uh, over the past five, six years, it's kind of when he's been the most unhinged and also his best uh, performances. So, hey, I don't know what a movie he's filming, but I was going to say, I'll that's be on the a, lookout. That's a kicker. <laughs> it's probably going to be very good. Man, that's too bad. Because <laughs> you wish he did was just dog shit. Because then you could just be like, hey, you're just not good at all anything. <laughs> <laughs> dick to cops and your movies suck but now it's like you're just killing an american honey so I, <laughs> i'll throw you a bone <laughs> um also uh wrapping up the film news we don't really talk about tv too much because it's watch this movie not watch this fucking tv show but i gotta point out twin peaks the return um a lot of stuff going around on twitter theories but kind of sets it apart is lynch has kind of said as much that it's basically an 18 hour long movie split apart in 18 sections you know for the purpose of television but it just doesn't conform to any conventions at all in the traditional sense of television or even if it was just like an 18 hour movie i mean that'd be one thing there because hey movies aren't 18 hours but ooh, the fosters is give me the burpees <laughs> can't handle the outback <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh if you haven't watched twin peaks get on that because he is doing something that people have never seen on tv before or even in film i mean it's it's a little similar to some of the things he's done with maholland drive inland empire you know his surreal stuff but it is they gave him free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted and he doesn't disappoint so go out and check that out um yeah let's get into uh what have you seen lately oh i got i just what did you see clarice what did you see i got a couple of 
film news bits. Oh, okay, fine. So one, Steve Zahn is back at it. I saw that article from the, is it Star Tribune or one of the local papers? That's Star, Star Tribune. Is there Front page one? of Variety. <laughs> I think Variety's like section Z. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Minnesota born and bred Steve Zahn is just killing it in the new war for the Planet of the Apes movie. So it's just a shout out to Steve Zahn. It's from old uh, Marshall. Yeah. Minnesota. So he plays Bad Ape. He's about an hour from where we grew up. Yeah. So he's the voice, in the which apparently is getting just killer reviews. So I haven't seen any of these new Planet of the Apes movies. But he also did the motion capture stuff. Right. So the article actually was kind of interesting. I didn't read the whole thing. I read the little thing I sent you, and then I quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he is actually doing the motion capture bits. So he says, like, when he's giving the dialogue, even though, you know, they're computer generating it on screen all the motions that the ape chimpanzee is making he actually did that's mm-hmm. how they kind of catalog it or whatever um yeah but it's kind of cool and then uh i got some science i got some science film news <laughs> to drop on you fools so i was reading an article that was talking about smoking and film oh I saw that did too. you see the article yeah. <laughs> so they said in the, the site, I personally, so disclaimer, I don't really give a shit about smoking in film, mm-hmm. good or bad. I don't really care, I guess. Uh, but they always say that, you know, smoking in film, they, they there's the big uh, push to get it out of film because kids see the film and think it's cool. So they go out and smoke and it's kind of a cycle, whatever. Uh, there's probably truth to it. But apparently on-screen smoking has increased 72% in some of the top grossing movies since 2010. It's good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate it that like I hate watching like some movies and there's just nobody smokes and it's like every one of you fucking actors, I've seen pictures of you smoking outside. Like so, I know that the actor and the person they're portraying are sometimes different, but there's a lot of movies where I mean, especially if it's an R. If it's yeah. PG thirteen, they kick it out. I don't think you can even smoke in PG thirteen. Okay. Or it's like it's few and far between. Like they Kind of nip, nip that in the bud, but are like you should well, be seeing Ava- more people. Avatar smoking. was PG thirteen. Were they smoking in there? Yeah. So Did I they- don't like Avatar that much. <laughs> I really don't enjoy it. Uh, but when Avatar came out, I remember reading. I hadn't watched the movie. How there was uh, critics. Oh, that's right. Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver is smokes. smoking in Avatar, and there's people who are like, "Oh my God, she's smoke! Why do they need to ever smoking?" Blah blah blah. People are so up in arms about. I'm pretty sure Avatar is PG thirteen. So well, don't they give allowed. her a shit in the movie for smoking? Because they're in like uh, a lab. Maybe. I think that's kind of why they were like, yeah, this will be a good message. Yeah. Like, you should quit smoking. Yeah. I guess I, I wish they would do more of a research. I don't really care about smoking on the screen because let's face it. Some people just do look cool when they smoke <laughs> and that makes me want to smoke. Uh, <laughs> but the, the real issue and the research project I want someone to conduct is Actors and actresses smoking on screen, but not inhaling. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Fucking one kid from American History X. He's puffing on that cigarette, and he's not inhaling the entire day. That, that actually kills the character for me a little Who, bit. Furlong? Yeah, the brother. I forget what his name is. Furlong's from Terminator. And, 
No, no, no. Watch. He doesn't inhale the entire fucking time. The entire pulled, movie. He, you know, he sucks into his mouth and just... Because you can tell, anybody who's been around a smoker, you can tell what it looks like when somebody blows smoke out that's inhaled it. Yeah. Uh, he does not inhale the entire fucking movie. Hmm. Kills. Because you think Edward Furlong would just chomp at the bit to do anything in a movie, like, drug-related. Why? Because he's into drugs outside of the movie? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> really, he was at the time. Yeah, unless that's how he smokes cigarette, it doesn't it doesn't look like he's inhaling. Uh and I've seen other actors do it and it bugs the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um but it was kinda interesting to hear that smoking's on the up and up in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's good news. I think it were realistic and gritty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Fuck did you see, Jones? So I saw every movie that I saw recently is from 2017. So the first, I saw Get Out. You've talked about Get Out before on here. Mm-hmm. So a little, little recap, Get Out. It's, a time, it's time for a young African-American to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods. But before long, the friendly and polite ambiance will give way to a nightmare. Directed and written by Jordan Peele. Uh, stars Daniel Kalua, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford. Uh, I think Catherine Keener's in here. Yep, Catherine mm-hmm. Keener. Uh, Stephen Root. Um, pretty good. Um, I would say I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was pretty smart. It was cool to see Jordan Peele. His directorial debut. He's more known for his sketch comedy. Key and Peele. Um, Keanu. Yeah, Keanu. Yep. So uh, it was cool to see his kind of directorial debut kind of just kill it, really. Critics fucking love this movie. I think this movie still sits at 99%. Uh, My only criticism is the fact that it sits at 99%. Uh, Although it's very, very good, uh, I'd say it's a soonish. I think I had said it. Did you? I can't remember what you ranked it at. I can't remember. I think I might have said eventually. Okay. Um, instead of soonish. I don't know. Okay, never mind. I put eventually. Oh, you put eventually. Yeah, I rate. I I try to rate it right after I watch it. Uh. Okay. So I put eventually. I think, I think my thing was like before it came out, or right before I saw it, I was like, this might be like top five favorite movie of the year for me, and like I was really pumped. And yep. then after it was done, I was like, yeah, it was really good. But I was like, mm, you know, not not my wouldn't make my top five or ten of the year yep. most likely this is just a bunch of shit that comes out the rest of the year well it's really smart it's smart writing yeah. it's it, it was interesting um you can actually see elements of the the way it kind of goes i can see older sketches of what they did how they start off and get kind of weird and then they just fucking take a deep dive <laughs> into yeah. like nonsense this does that, I would say, uh, but in a good way. Like, it, it was still really good all the way to the end. His one friend in here, that main actor's uh, Laurel Howry is the actor's name. He uh, He's really funny, TSA dude. Uh, yeah. He was <laughs> fucking really hilarious. Um, yeah, I would not rate it 99%, personally. Um, not for the genre, not for film in general. Um mm-hmm. 90 i'd give it maybe a 90 yeah. uh still very very good but that was my only kind of thing is 
how everybody was giving it like hundred percent. I was kind of surprised by that actually. Um, well, I mean they they don't give it hundred percent. That just means ninety nine percent of critics gave it a positive review. Yeah. And then there's there's the rating where after they say positive or whatever, there there's a rating between like what zero and ten or is it zero and five? Can't yeah. remember. Around tomatoes, I never look at that because nobody ever mentions it. Nobody ever gives a shit. No, you only think of the percentage. Yeah. I guess, but uh. But it's like, yeah, you think there should be a little more criticism, but I think yeah. that comes in line with, well, if I criticize it, you know, they're gonna think I'm racist or something like that. Right. But I mean, I just I didn't criticize it because I I mean not much because mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Clever, very well executed, hell of a job for a first time director. Yeah. Jordan Peele. Yep. First time director. Pressure's That's a on. Hell of a fucking job. Pressure's on for the <laughs> second one. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, it is funny you say that about like you don't want to look racist. Yeah. <laughs> the white guilt. <laughs> uh, who Kumel Ninjani. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the big sick, I watched a little interview with him, how he's talking about the movie and stuff like that. And the interviewer was like, yeah, there's rave reviews and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's good. And, and because it's so heavy about the Indian culture and relationships and stuff, he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, and I also take some of it with a grain of salt because I know there's an element of white guilt behind some of the reviewers. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, I have to rate it good, right? <laughs> and I'm like, that is very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get out. I would say at W Team eventually. It was good. Reminder for old listeners and letting the new listeners in on it. Our rating system is just in general. It does not um, reflect movies that are currently in movie theaters. Like when I reviewed uh, Wonder Woman, you know, a month ago, and I said eventually. I don't mean get around to it eventually. I mean, yeah, go out and see it while it's in the theater. No. You know, perfect time to see it. That's the way to see it. So if we talk about movies that are currently in theaters and we give them eventually or higher, so eventually soonish or ASAP, we would recommend you watch any of those in the theater. Yep. Last resort is kind of what it is, is, you know, don't, you don't need to see it in the theater. Um, If it's on TV and there's nothing else on, give it a watch. Mm -hmm. And then never is never. (laughs) Don't bother. Even if it's on, watch the news. (laughs) (laughs) that's what i I think (laughs) because our our rating system is kind of a way for you to prioritize what you should watch if you really want to get serious like into film or be a big movie buff what have you learn more about film in general it's just kind of a way to prioritize it in general so yeah there's before we die there'll still be movies we wish we could have seen just like books or music out there, you're never going to be able to d- see everything mm-hmm. or really pick through everything. So we're trying to help you not watch shit you shouldn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just better stuff out there. Yeah. All right. Here's one. Uh, I got one we'll be able to rate together. So yeah. the Lego, Lego Batman movie from 2017. Directed by Chris McKay, starring Will Arnett, Michael Cera, Rosario Dawson, Raph Fiennes, uh, Zach Galifianakis, and Jenny Slate. And a lot of other people. I thought it was funny that Doug Benson was Bane. Because he'd, yeah. he'd do a lot of Bane impressions on his podcast, Douglas Movies. Yeah. Conan O'Brien, did you say him? Yeah, no, I didn't say him. Okay, either. the Riddler. I kind of got a kick <laughs> out of that. Yeah. I should probably give a storyline. Hit us with like, it. Is it Batman in Lego form? (laughs) 
perhaps. Storyline. A cooler-than-ever Bruce Wayne must deal with the usual suspects as they plan to rule Gotham City while discovering that he has accidentally adopted a teenage orphan who wishes to become his sidekick. Fucking Dick Grayson. Always buttoning in. <laughs> take care of me. Take care of me. I don't have any parents. They all died. Padre. Just like yours. <laughs> hey, Padre. <laughs> so, thoughts. Lego Batman. Uh, so, I thought Lego Batman was funny. Um, I'm, was teetering, I'm teetering on the edge. No, no, no. Let me finish. Uh, I actually, I thought I enjoyed it. I know we'll end up buying it because Sam loves <clears throat> the Lego movies. Uh, well, she loves Batman more than Lego. But. Yeah, yeah, it's a combination of really two of her things. Um, and it's it's worth a purchase if that's if you're really into that stuff. Uh, I would categorize it as a last resort, personally. And it's kind of similar to when I rated Beauty and the Beast, how... I, the Lego movie, I would rate higher than that. I won't officially rate it, mm-hmm. but I, I would say go watch the Lego movie that came out a couple of years ago before you watch Lego Batman. I think that one's just better. It was more fun. Uh, this one's good. I still think it was good. I just, yeah, it's a last resort. Something I would just watch on TV. I personally wouldn't pop this in and rewatch it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking a little bit um i mean i enjoyed it a lot there was funny parts yeah but when i got done watching it i was just kind of thinking well i'm kind of thinking last resort but i thought maybe i'm thinking that because it's a children's movie you know it's not necessarily geared towards me even though mm-hmm. i'm a batman fan yeah yep, for so kids and family um it's supposed to be more fun and they do i think they do a good job of poking fun at like the darkness of the character mm-hmm. will arnett always is I mean, the Lego movie and in this one, yeah, he's really funny as Batman. But I was just like, yeah, I don't I don't see myself putting it in again. I'm like, it, I, it was like, you should watch Lego Lego movie over this one. And so I thought, well, maybe I should give it eventually just because I'm too old for it. Or it, like in its genre, mm-hmm. it's one of the better ones in its genre. Yeah. Would you agree? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the better ones in the genre. So I would rate it higher than other ones out there um yeah so i don't know if i should i just wouldn't put it on the same scale as the lego movie yeah lego movie is better uh, in my opinion Mm -hmm. and the lego movie i would actually potentially put in it was more that was more fun to me um than lego batman yeah and i also think it was maybe a little more of emotional impact with the father son yep (laughs) dilemma (laughs) with uh, will ferrell and his kid Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of thought about maybe trying to give it an eventually just because I thought, well, maybe because it's a, one of the better movies in a genre, it should be eventually because it's not necessarily a genre that I'm always, you know, pumped about. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I didn't go see this in the theater. I, I red boxed it, I think. Yeah, I red boxed yeah, it. Yeah, so do we. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy it. I have the, I own the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. But I I won't buy this, you know. They're gonna make you know a second and a third, I'm sure. Lego Batman's, and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm gonna watch those. I'd rather see a second, which I don't know. Maybe they are making second and third Lego movies. Yeah, uh, they, they are. Sh- it comes yeah. out pretty. I think next year, maybe. Yeah, and they should. Those I would say those are those could be comparable to Toy Story almost. Uh, mm-hmm. 
if it's good enough writing throughout the whole thing. And Toy Story's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, all of them. Yeah, this just, it didn't do it as much for me as the Lego movie. So. All right, well, I will yield to you and we will label it Last Resort. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right, you want to go next? Or you want to go over your, uh, to the girl in the train thing you were going to do? Oh, yeah. So I saw um, the girl in the train from 2016. A divorcee becomes entangled in a missing persons investigation that promises to send shockwaves throughout her life. Based on a book uh, directed by Tate Taylor, serves Emily Blunt, Haley Bennett, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Justin Big Dick Throw. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dick Throw. Haven't you heard the story about him? Luke Evans. Uh, so, Justin. Film news. <laughs> film news, film news, film news. Uh, Justin Thoreau was on Conan one night talking about his HBO series, The Leftovers, and Conan called out that there was an online buzz at the time about a scene in which Justin Thoreau is running. He's jogging in the street. Mm -hmm. Sam and I have watched every season of Leftovers besides this last one, the final one. And we've seen this scene, and I made the same comment before I saw this interview with Conan. And he's wearing sweatpants, gray sweatpants. And when he's mm -hmm. jogging, you can see his dick. And it's huge. <laughs> it's a big dick. <laughs> and I said to Sam, I go, guy's packing a lot of dick in this. <laughs> it's like we rewound it, and I go, I'm not kidding you. And she's like, holy shit. Uh, Conan. Conan calls it out. And Justin Thoreau says that he's been in other movies, and I can't, I think he names a specific movie where the director told him that he had to duct tape his dick to his leg because it was distracting in the shot because you could see it through his jeans. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially common practice for him. So he's, he's packing a lot of heat. <laughs> You can look up the interview with Conan. That is a fact from him. Yeah, it's kind uh, of douchey to tell everyone. On yeah, it was kind of douchey for him to tell everybody that. But I guess maybe what's he supposed to do? Say like, ah, well, I didn't think he had to give the detail. That that, well, actually, it happens a lot to me because I have such a big dick. I have to tape it inside <laughs> my leg. He could have just said, you know, like John. He could have gone the John Ham route because John Ham, he's packing too. Because people have taken. Like photos, so like back when he was still with Jennifer Westfeld. Yeah. Whoever you know who he's rumored to be dating now? No. Jenny Slate. Oh, no shit. Because him weird. and Jennifer Westfeld are no more. Okay. And apparently he's hanging out with Jenny Slate lately lately. Interesting. Duo. But uh they've seen pictures that are like, Well, look at that bulge going down the side of his leg. Like he's got a you know, twelve pound meat hammer in his pants. Yeah. And uh I think uh, I can't remember where they were asking about it. Somebody was asking him about it, and he pretty much just kind of deferred and just kind of didn't really answer. You know? Yeah. Kind of being humbled or whatever. But, yeah. But anyways. He doesn't, like, he doesn't like to talk about his humongous dick. It's too bad if I was packing. <laughs> be telling everybody. We called Watch This Dick. <laughs> <laughs> WTD. <laughs> uh so anyways, that's the cast and crew for The Girl on the Train. So I watched this movie because Sam had read the book. Uh, this is a WTM never. Ooh, never. never. We get to add. We don't have many movies on never. No, we don't. Because we don't really watch. 
shitty movies and we purposely try not to and we don't yeah. like to bash the shit out of movies we'll be disappointed in movies that we were hoping would be better i didn't have any expectations for this mm-hmm. i had heard it wasn't that great and so we sat down we watched it and i didn't care for it not that good there's yeah. a twist if you've read the book you know the twist the twist is actually is kind of kind of smart i thought uh but that was really the only part that i thought was Really that good, but uh, yeah, that's you all. Get you need to get you need to get a soundbite for that for WTM Nevers where it's Forrest going. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> no, we we are going to use that on just willy nilly anytime. It <laughs> <laughs> will be a never because we'll almost never use it. Yeah, it's like I'm pretty fucking sure if I watched Sex in the City two, it would be a never. But I would never watch Sex in the City two. Right. Yeah. Most uh, of the movies that would be never. We would never watch it, so we'd never come across it. It has to be movies that we think maybe are going to be okay, or like you got roped, kind of got roped into this one. Yeah. Although this one had a lot of buzz before it came out. This had buzz. And one upside thing I'll say, try to put a positive spin on it. Sam was a big fan of the book. The book is extremely popular. It's the same name. Author's Paula Hawkins. Uh, So I would suggest read the book before you watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's Girl on a Train. All right. Well, let's get back into another good movie again. I saw Baby Driver. Oh, snap. B-Drives. B-Drives. <laughs> I'm, 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 this is this and The Hero are the movies out right now that I really want to see. Oh, uh, you've also heard about The Little Hours? Nope. It's, uh, it's a comedy about uh, basically about Catholicism, just making fun of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Uh, Priests are like um, um, Brain Fart, Portlandia, uh, Fred Armisen, oh, well. and John C. Riley, and then like there's like three main nuns, and it's Aubrey Plaza, Kate Maguchi, and uh, Allison Brie. Okay. And then Dave Franco is like some I don't know if he's like a farmhand or something. He comes to like some convent and just starts banging all the nuns, and it's like a sex romp comedy. <laughs> yeah. We're showing it at the theater right now. We've been getting a lot of calls from people who are huh? mad that we're. Showing it? Yeah. Because it's so funny on the awesome. trailer when they're showing, like, you know, when movies show, like, oh, this, they always do, like, blurbs from critics. Sure. And uh, one of them said, uh, this movie's trash, just pure trash. And it was from the Catholic League. <laughs> <laughs> so the Catholics are not happy about it. <laughs> awesome. But it's gotten good reviews, and, uh, yeah, I want to see it. Huh. It looks pretty fucking funny. You know, I've been walking in and out of there, and, like, yeah. And, uh, um, Nick Offerman's in it too. No, oh, so it, it's got a great man. cast. Yeah, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of like people dog on the Catholic server for you know protesting or like bitching about movies. Yeah, like kind of portraying them in a negative light or like you know that's kind of maybe a more conservative crowd because it's like the religious right maybe. Yeah, but I remember when we showed uh, remember Vaxed that yeah. documentary. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of calls about that. Yeah, I remember and that's the other that. side of the aisle that's calling. Right. It's like, you can't be showing this. It's like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> and you don't, don't have to either. <laughs> you don't just have to remember either. that. <laughs> just remember that uh, everyone should be allowed a forum. Otherwise, we turn into fucking Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, Tifa. So like we don't want to get too political, but it's like Antifa fights fascism with fascism. It's like that's what you're doing with 
this protesting movies like this shouldn't be allowed in here. And right. Like, yeah. You know, fuck you Catholics for protesting this movie and fuck you, you know, liberals are just whoever on mm-hmm. whoever likes vaccinations for their kids for protesting this. It's like just let them show the movie. Let them show the movie and uh, that's kind <laughs> you of You don't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. Doesn't affect your life. Yeah. Wow, you shouldn't be showing this. Well, <laughs> go open your own fucking theater. <laughs> Show whatever movies you want to show. <laughs> and it's like, you know, those choices aren't always made at the theater level. A lot of it's corporate or... Of course, yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't really say the name of my theater really much on the podcast or who owns it. Yeah. But he's a pretty prominent liberal that owns my, the, my chain of theaters. Okay. Him and his partner. Uh, not, not, oh, he's sexual, gay dude? not sexual partner. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I actually, I don't even know the name. We'll have to talk off air. <laughs> Curious now. But uh, yeah, uh, let's Liber- get back to <laughs> liberal billionaire. It seems <laughs> kind of contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> but but we're just splitting hairs here. <laughs> <laughs> so baby driver. Yeah. Baby drives. B drives. B drives. Uh, baby D. Currently in theaters. Got that baby D. Um, directed by Edgar Wright. <laughs> Starring Ansel Elgort, John Bernthal. Yay, yay. Let him watch. Let him watch. John Hamm, uh, Isa Gonzalez, uh, Jamie Foxx, Mika Howard, Kevin Spacey, Sky Ferreira. That's about it. So, storyline. After being coerced into working for a crime boss... A young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. So, Ansel Edgort plays Baby. It's his name, apparently. He's a getaway driver for various... He, Kevin Spacey's like the mob guy, his boss. He gets in different jobs, different crews. He's doing different stuff. He's always the getaway driver. He had an accident when he was a kid um, that left some hearing damage, so he has a permanent hum like in his ears. Yeah. constantly hears so he listens to music to kind of drown that out so he's constantly listening to his iphone basically his his buds in it's most buds of the in. movie so uh the stigma or the thing about this movie coming out was you know it's gonna have an amazing soundtrack set to you know so car chases and it doesn't disappoint uh a lot of practical effects real driving you know it's like not that. like fast and furious like well what if we get like a tank and like jump it off of let's jump it over the grand canyon or jump it from like a skyscraper to like another skyscraper which is sometimes <laughs> still dope yeah but it's always like cgi and you always know it's like a fake car not nah, dude <laughs> paul walker riding on the hood have you seen it <laughs> yes i've seen it not the newest one actually fate to the furious yeah no i didn't see that one you and sam didn't go it was out already right Oh, yeah. I think it's about to come out on video or something. Blu-ray? Yeah. yeah. You guys no. didn't see it in the theater? No. You guys are all well, I'm not uh, Fast uh, and uh, Furious hey. when it comes out. No, no, no. <laughs> Fast and Furious is falls into a bucket of movies that I refuse to go see in the theater unless it's like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. It attracts the wrong crowd. It attracts a phone-using crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an annoying audience-going crowd. Yeah. But, you know, so do artsy films in Uptown. <laughs> so hey it's all over the board <laughs> so yeah continue 
So it's yeah, supposed to be pop and soundtrack. I'm getting the vibe that it wasn't as pop and as it should have been. Well, I guess my only gripe with the movie is, and this is more of a personal preference, but I actually would have liked to have heard more hits on the soundtrack. There are very, very few hits, like what big recognizable hit? songs. Oh. oh. The two most notable songs are Tequila and Nowhere to Run by Martha and the Vandellas, which is one of yeah. my favorite songs ever. So I got that scored some points for me. It's a good song, and that's a that's a personal preference, you know. And uh, but you know you don't want to be like Suicide Squad where it's just hit after hit after hit for right. fucking fifteen yep. minutes and like let's do another CCR song and let's do a fucking I can't remember all the yeah, songs in the soundtrack, but it was all like huge hits. Yeah. So you don't want it that either, but I would have liked a a more balanced, you know, happy medium, whatever, because it's kind of like. It almost seems a little pretentious where it's just like Edgar Wright showing you his cell phone, like his, his playlist, like, check this out. You've never heard any songs. Or it's like the person, you're the kind of like annoying friend who would be like, oh, I like this new, uh, I don't know, I like this new Nine Inch Nails CD. And they're like, their new stuff sucks. You got to listen to their old stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're, like, no matter who the artist is, it's always their old stuff. You can never listen to new stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, uh, just, uh. <laughs> Like, just because it's obscure doesn't make it good all the time. True. And yep. there's a lot of obscure songs on here, or at least ones that I was unfamiliar with for mm-hmm. the most part. And they were still really good songs. Sure. Like, I couldn't really pick a lot of songs that were bad at all or not even really necessarily misplaced. Yeah. It was just like, I could have thought of a lot of songs that would fit better with a lot of, like, what was going on. Sure. Like, The Nowhere to Run was obviously fits perfect to any car chase mm-hmm. um, and the fact that she says nowhere to run to baby because that's his name and they talk about songs with baby and like people's names in it so it's like a common thing they're exploring music mm-hmm. so i mean there's plenty of you know there's new songs that i hadn't heard before that i'd like and i'll probably download you know it's it's still a great soundtrack mm-hmm. it was just like i know you guys maybe spent you know a lot of money on these actors Maybe the stunts. I know yeah. music rights cost a lot. Yeah. But you, you, you could have put it like, I'm all I'm asking for is like three more hits on there. <laughs> okay. Like there's plenty of hits that um, you could have fit with car chases. Okay. Or even like a throwback to like do a, a song that was in like an older like car chase movie. Mm-hmm. Like do like uh, Heat Is On from Bevel's Cop or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been a cool, nice little throwback. Yeah, another car chase. Like yeah. it didn't have to be, but you know, that's just my two cents. But okay, the soundtrack is still phenomenal. All it was right. just a little gripe I had. Okay, I would label it just barely, barely, barely soonish. Ooh. Soonish, almost soonish. Ooh, okay. Because well, I like still, you know, still pretty. The tops. Yeah, the practical effects. You know, scores points with me. There's very little, you know, there's not really any CGI. Mm-hmm. And he drives the shit out of those cars. Um, a lot of them are like Subarus and stuff. So I was like, eh, come on, get some real muscle. But there's some real muscle in there, too. Sure. Like cop cars are like chargers and shit. And mm-hmm. So there's some real American muscle in there. And other cars, you know, the performances are great. Jimmy Fox is kind of like an unhinged um, bad guy. John Hamm's great in here. Mm-hmm. So is Kevin Spacey, you know. Kevin Spacey never disappoints. Yeah. So the great cast, uh, great driving and stunts and solid soundtrack. 
The directing adds up to a soonish for me. Nice. Well, good. I'm still looking forward to it then. Another reason I wanted to give Baby Driver a soonish is because it does it really blends the music and the action together well. You know, the juxtaposition, you know, I like like you and I talk a lot about how music is kind of an afterthought for movies for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like they don't consider it like to be that big of a deal. It seems like for some people where it's like that it's an audio visual medium. Mm-hmm. So it, if anything, it should have just as much an impact as the visual. Yep. So the way he kind of marries the two with the action and the music is, you know, the, the sound mixing, mm-hmm. it's pretty phenomenal. Nice. So I think that's kind of what makes it more of an important film. Okay. But yeah. Sweet. Am I wrapping this up or do you got one one? Uh I got I have one more, but you can go if you want. Okay. So I saw John Wick chapter two. Dose. Dose, dose, dose. So John Wick chapter two. After returning to the criminal underworld to repay a debt, John Wick discovers that a large bounty has been put on his life. Directed by Chad Stanaheski, probably butchered that, uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Ricardo Scamarcio, Ian McShane, Ruby Rose, Lawrence Fishburne. That was, that was cool. Whole <laughs> Matrix connection, I got into that. Yeah. Uh, John Leguizamo. There's a lot of nerd boners in the theater when that happened. Yeah, when I saw it, I, I looked at Sam and I go, oh, I was like, Sam hasn't seen any of the Matrix. <laughs> and I go, one, you would love the fucking Matrix. And I go, and two, you would appreciate this interaction so much more if you had seen the Matrix. You look at her and go, <laughs> Morpheus is fighting Neo. <laughs> and then you would have ran out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so John Wick Chapter 2 did not disappoint. I'd say it's uh, WTM eventually. I did. You've talked That's what about what I gave it eventually. Yeah. And you've talked about this one on here before, but uh, I do enjoy the first one more, but this one is close to being as entertaining. Um, the opening scene car chase, I don't want to give away too many details. It's fucking sweet, especially the crash that occurs with Keanu falling out of the car. That was cool as hell. Um, the dog's back. Fucking dog is just walking tall. <laughs> Because yeah, you only see him right at the end, like in the first one. Yeah, he walks into the hotel with him, and Keanu goes, stay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dog just stays. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you talked about the universe that they create out of these, which I did. We've hashed out before, but the first one, I was like, John Wick, I wonder what this movie's going to be like. And it's like, God, it's so good. It's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, it's like, they are really digging in to that universe all the different stuff and like the wardrobe and shit like that uh i'm here for a tasting the taste yeah <laughs> it was like it's cool uh and Lawrence Fishburne's whole character was like another like yep. world building like side thing about mm-hmm. uh like you can see them doing so many different things kind of with the story now but uh yeah i'd say it's an eventually it's a good flick go out and see it a lot more headshots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more so than the first. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if we were even, we weren't even rating movies at the time that I saw John Wick, you know, the first one, but mm. I would probably give John Wick one a soonish. 
and then the second one maybe uh eventually eventually just because i like the first one slightly more sure uh but yeah it's still the second one i was for a sequel i mean it's the funny it's thing really, is, yeah, it's strong for a sequel. It's especially rated this kind of sequel. It's rated better across the board. Mm-hmm. They got way, they got even better reviews in Rotten Tomatoes from both yeah. critics and users. IMDb, it's like almost a whole point higher than than the first one. Sure, it's like Jesus, everyone, because there's a lot of people like, oh, the sequel is even better. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. The first one, there's nothing to beat the Red Circle shootout no. for me. No, first one in the John Wick universe. Yeah. Uh, but I do love the universe that he's built. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a uh, solid addition to the first. It yeah. doesn't disappoint whatsoever, and it doesn't it doesn't make it seem like it's just another oh god, just another stepping stone so we can get to the obligatory third one. Yeah, you know now yeah. you're like kind of looking forward to the third one, mm-hmm. especially if you know how it ends and all that. Yeah. So yeah. Oh well, yeah, and Commons back. Yeah, no, he wasn't in the first one. He wasn't in the first one. No, he wasn't in the first. I was thinking of different action movies in. But Common's good in here, too. He's rocking the shit in that yeah, one. Yeah, he's fucking solid. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about... We're going back to 1985. Oh, snap. I haven't told you about this. I watched this the other night. It's called To Live and Die in L.A. Huh. Ever heard of it? Yep, I've heard of it. Never seen it, though. I'd heard about this movie kind of through like some podcasts or like some things online. It's a little bit of a cult movie where it's like a, you know, you haven't seen this movie. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's uh it's a Tupac it's kinda, song. Yeah. I, know. I always, I always thought about that when <laughs> I live and die in LA is the place <laughs> to be. You know, it's immediately, that's whatever I think about whenever I heard that or like I'd see it sometimes on like, you know, scrolling through Comcast or Netflix. I'm yeah. like, is that like a Tupac documentary or something? And like, <laughs> you're like, no, it's a movie. Uh-huh. But I always hear like, I've always heard like good things about it, like here and there. Mm-hmm. It's directed by William Friedkin. So right off the bat, you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> William Friedkin. I'll go along with that. Freaking uh, on the weekend. <laughs> uh, starring William Peterson. Who, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> I'm gonna finish it. Um, he's kind of like CSI nowadays. At least he was, but he's pretty much only known for like this movie and Manhunter because he's like the guy in Manhunter. Oh, okay. And then uh, Fear is his next most famous credit, according Mark to Wahlberg. IMDb. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Apparently, he's in that. Huh. So he's kind of a he's kind of well known at least through TV. Sure. But film, not as much. But uh, it also stars Willem Dafoe, uh, John Pankow, uh, Deborah Fuhrer, John Turturro, and uh, Dean Stockwell. Also, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Sr. is in it. Huh. Storyline. John Turturro, did you say? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. A fearless secret service agent will stop at nothing to bring down the counterfeiter who killed his partner. So the reason I'd kind of, it's on like on Comcast right now, it's free to watch because it's through MGM mm-hmm. and it's unedited. So you, there's no commercials. It's all uncut. You don't have to worry about that shit. Mm-hmm. 
but I'd heard, I was like, okay, heard it's kind of like a sneaky good movie. It's William Friedkin. And I had heard that Friedkin hired a certain music group to do the score and soundtrack. Just take a wild guess who it was. Wham. Wang Chung. <laughs> really? Wang Chung does the score and soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what the? F- what is, like, going all, what is this all adding up to? <laughs> so storyline... I mean, the story, William Peterson plays this secret service agent that deals with, like, counterfeiters and shit like that. Mm. I mean, other things, too, but because in the beginning, there's kind of, like, a one-off, like, cold open with, like, a, there's, like, a terrorist and, like, a little kerfuffle. But yeah. anyways, his partner is, like, you know, three days from retirement, and he goes off looking for staking out, like, a possible counterfeiting operation that's run, actually, by Willem Dafoe. He's like this master artist counterfeiter. And he ends up getting killed, you know, like immediately, pretty much. And uh, this William Peterson guy, his partner is kind of his young hotshot partner still. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been doing it a while, but and he is a he is the definition of an antihero. He's a crooked cop. He's going to stop at nothing to bring down William Defoe. And he he takes the, you know, the rule book and he throws it out the window classic <laughs> classic <laughs> uh this movie i guess the best way to describe it is it has balls it has big fucking hairy balls because huh. yeah he is definition anti-hero because he's i mean i don't want to say too much about it but yeah, he's not necessarily the best guy mm-hmm. but he's still kind of cheer for him too and uh the way it ends like after i got to watch it, i was like this William freaking guy he's I mean, I, I watched, you know, Matthew McConaughey make Gina Gershon yep. blow a chicken wing. <laughs> but this guy's definitely got some balls here. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, and the soundtrack, you know, you know, I love the 80s. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not like the biggest Wang Chung fan. Yeah. You know, people think of Wang Chung. They're like, you know, everybody Wang Chung tonight. Right. I don't even really care for that song, especially. No, I, I don't. I like that. some of their other songs a lot, like Dance Hall Days. I like that a lot. But they do a good, they do a pretty solid soundtrack. Uh, they do a, they do a title song, which they wrote for the movie, and Freakin' was initially like, ah, I don't want to, you know, I don't know if I want a song for you guys that actually has like the name of the title. But he liked it a lot and was like, Yeah, that's going in. Yeah. Um, they also do just like instrumental stuff, like actual score work, because huh. I ended up buying the soundtrack. It was only six bucks. Sure. So I was like, yeah, there's instrumental on there. There's songs. There's some good songs. Uh, Dance Hall Days is in the movie, but on the soundtrack, because that was on our previous album. Mm-hmm. So it's all Wang Chung, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, um, God, what was I going to say next? Oh, um, like I said, it's about counterfeiting. And they brought in real guys who were caught counterfeiting to, like, be technical, you know, consultants mm-hmm. and help with it. And they made actual, like, they go through the process, like William Defoe's doing it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you see him, like, print out money. And they made, like, real counterfeit bills. And Freakin even said that he used some of that fake money to purchase things. 
<laughs> in an interview he said this Jesus. i'm like you i can't believe you're fucking admitting this right <laughs> you just committed a federal crime <laughs> like willy-nilly like i don't give a fuck <laughs> like this is really good stuff it's like well did you give the money back i'm sure you or give the products back i'm sure you didn't no <laughs> but yeah like they got the copies that they made of the money was like really close to real money huh so they they really went all out with this one, and I will give it a soonish. Ooh, soon-ish. it defies typical genre conventions. There's an amazing car chase scene in it. William Freakin also did the French Connection with another famous car chase scene. Yep, this one's just as good, huh. if not better. It's an awesome car chase scene. Um, so there's good action. Um, and like I said, a lot of big hairy balls in it. Huh, I'm gonna have to watch this one. So yeah, it's a sleeper pick. That's what I was really excited about. I was like, this fucking live and die in L.A. I'm going to have to burn that soundtrack, too. <laughs> <laughs> to live and die in L.A. That's not in there. Is it, that was about, sure? about eight years before Tupac did it. Well, well, what should... album is To Live and Die in L.A. on? Is it after he died or before? Because uh, then we don't, if it is after he died, we don't know when the fuck he recorded it. I want to say it's on All Eyes on Me. Could be wrong though. Uh, yeah, it has to be. It's it's me against world. All eyes on me. Yeah, I think it's all eyes on me. I'm I listen to it the most off of greatest hits double album I have of his. It's good. It's a good tune. But yeah, this the everything surrounding this movie. I'm really glad I watched it. I didn't know about that like the counterfeiting stuff and some of the other stuff until after I had like read up on it after I had seen it. And I was like, are you fucking shit me? This is a stay tuned. Like, I'm sure we'll be doing a leftover leftover of this in the future. So yeah, I was pretty, I was not disappointed with to live and die in LA. Good performances. It's Willem Dafoe. I mean, come on. He's dope. He's dope beats. Ah, I was wrong. It's the Don Columinati, the seven day theory. So that came out after he died. Mm-hmm. Tupac. You well aware of the seven-day theory? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of sevens. (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to add? I think we just done went and brought it. Nope. All right. Would you guys do us a favor and get off your duff and give us a rate and review on the old iTunes or Stitcher? Get off your bum. (laughs) Get it done. Get it in. Get it in. Get it on. Get it out. <laughs> then get it in again. Uh, follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie. Email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com and check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. A lot of cool shit on there. Get in on it. It's the good stuff. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you're off my case.